Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today I am so blessed to have Rick West. He's the CEO and co-founder of Field Agency. He's a speaker as well as a serial entrepreneur throughout his whole life and career. I cannot wait to unpack that. As before coming on the call, we kind of went back and forth, and he already had so much to say, so many great things. So I just want to start off by saying, Rick, how are you feeling blessed today? Because we kind of alluded to that. You know, listen, uh, Christopher, first of all, thank you for having me today. I've checked out a few of the podcasts, been watching you from afar. So I'm excited to be here today. Uh, but but the blessing part of it, listen, we, we all know we're a part of something bigger. And when I was talking about blessed with you, I really look at my family. I mean, I am a uh, father of three, husband of one, granddad of two. Uh, and so I look at our family healthy and doing great in this world that we live in today. And uh, I was just explaining to you that we're, we're, we're leaving our home of 19 years to move a little bit closer to our grandkids. And at least I couldn't be in a better place, both professionally and personally right now. So I'm really feeling blessed. I love that, Rick. And I'm going to ask you like a question within that in a second here, because the way that you're speaking about your kids and your grandkids, for people that are just listening to this and don't have the uh, the visual, he's smiling from ear to ear. And to see that true joy when he comes to speaking about kids is so present. And I'm somebody that's very family oriented and I'm still not married. That's going to come in the near future, I'm sure with kids and all that stuff, but I'm very much involved within that. And I am an entrepreneur that works very hard. And I know you do the same as well. I want to ask you throughout your whole career as an entrepreneur, how did you keep that balance to be the CEO of amazing companies, travel the world with your business, so on and so forth, and still have that family life? How did you deal with that? Is there an actual balance? How would you speak to that? Yeah, I think part of it is, and I've answered this to my managers over the year at P&G and some people I've engaged with, um, success, Christopher, is really talked about, but significance is remembered, okay? So success, you can talk about it, and there's a significance, man, it's so, so important. Uh, and it's really what leaders should be striving for. Now, we, whether I'm the leader of my household, all right, as the dad, the granddad, leader within a community, leader within my organization, significance is really what we're striving for. And so it, I look at it as the only lasting legacy I can have. And, 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 and within that, you think about the roles we have, uh, I think it's comical when people say, well, I'm kind of balancing it. I want you know, this work-life balance. Christopher, there's no such thing. When your kids fall and hurt their knee or you've got a problem at home, the balance goes way, way to that side. But because you've made these deposits into the emotional bank account of life, your team at work subs for you because they know you've deposited and Im impacted them so you can go focus over here. So I believe that that significance piece is tied to culture, right? And the cultures at your home, cultures within your work, 
And I think it impacts your company, the, your community, the world. And if we really are about developing the next generation, there is no better generation, Christopher, than the generation of my immediate family that's here because I want them to be good, productive citizens. Culturally within my team, I want to have the next generations of leaders. Uh, and within my community, I want to impact folks. So it's not so much a balance to your question. It's more of being significant versus trying to do check marks and check boxes to be successful. Rick, that was beautifully stated. And I thoroughly believe I'm going to highlight a couple of things. I am on the same page as you. I believe balance is not 50-50. Balance is whatever you make it throughout the process. Like you said, if you're working and you're running a business and then your phone rings and like, hey, your kid just broke his leg, you're going to drop everything and you're going to go. And that's your duty and your significant and you're right. And all the fact that you brought a significant part, the intention part to like, hey, when you're with your kids, you're with your kids. When you're with your team members, you're with your team members. And everything is to give that ripple effect. And for you, what I just understood is the best way to give that ripple effect is through your family. And then that will teach them something and go to on and, and on and on. So thank you for sharing that, Rick. And please tell us a bit more about your company. What do you guys do exactly? How do you guys help with your agency, essentially? Yeah, so when you look at, for, for a field agent, the, the work that we do today, think of a marketplace of retail solutions. And so we started out back in the day. I mean, this is, I mean, Christopher, think about many, many years ago in 2009 and what kind of cell phone you had in your hand. For most of the people listening here, they had a BlackBerry. Yeah. And for the really cool kids, they had this thing called the iPhone that no one trusted. But it just came out. Yeah. It just came out. Uh, and so we were trying to determine how to use the iPhone as a tool for our shopper marketing and shopper research firm. At that time, managing five LLCs, you know, just craziness going on in our lives. And so this technology was in front of us. And we realized after uh, Googling on our phone for about three months using the iPhone 3S, which was the rage, no video, but had a two megapixel camera. Outrageous, right? Fantastic phone. We were using that phone to Google to see if anyone was using that phone to capture technology. And you really, it really wasn't, it wasn't. And we said, you know, we're gonna be those folks, Christopher, that are sitting around at a party and someone says, well, you know, I, I could have invented field agent, but I was just too busy. Or I could have invented Instagram. It was my idea before Zuckerberg was nothing. I had already even invented Facebook. We don't wanna be those guys. So we, after being entrepreneurs for 10 years, running five LLCs, started working nights and weekends again to launch field agent this retail solutions marketplace that connects gig workers, everyday people who are kind of mystery shoppers that can do small tasks to capture information, to connect them with retailers, CPG companies and quick serve restaurants to capture data out in the field here in the US and in six other countries. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you just brought us back to 2009 and that whole cell phone era. Actually, I was working at a telecom communication company at that point, selling cell phones. I'm very much aware of that point and what was happening. And it's so interesting to see, just like you mentioned, you know, Apple and iPhone, how many great Connex businesses, industries was created. And the fact that you were able to see it at that point and be very cognitively aware of like, hey, I don't want to be that guy that's going to say, oh, I could have done this. I had that idea, but didn't act on it. And now we were able to build something with this application that connects uh, people all around the world with. So, I mean, congratulations. And talk to me about that process, because I'm sure there's great successes as we're seeing. Talk to me about the failure aspect. Talk to me about the difficult moments because I'm sure there was a ton of them. What are some of them that you really learned from and that we can learn from your story? So I'm going to start out with the best advice I was given as an entrepreneur. It's two weeks in. 
the guy's name is Dr. Stephen Graves, Steve Graves. And he had, uh, I was there along with a couple of business partners. We're sitting in this conference room. We're ready for the imparting of wisdom, right? Like it just, it's going to exude. We all had our, our tablet. We're ready to write everything down. And he said, remember this, as an entrepreneur, you're only as good as you invoice and collect. Okay. Right. So what, but he said, you're only as good as you invoice and collect, because if you're not good at that, you're getting ready to embark on a very expensive hobby. Okay. So, so the number one mistake that, that I feel entrepreneurs make, and we had it with a couple of our businesses is we knew the idea was so good that even though people didn't want to buy it or pay for it, we were going to keep putting money into it. And that is a classic, classic um, inventor's dilemma, right? The whole founder, my baby's so beautiful. How dare you call it ugly? And so you learn pretty quickly to deselect and be focused. And, and I believe in living within rails. So the mistake that we really made early on, but I think entrepreneurs make me struggle with is that people chase shiny objects. Mm-hmm. You think I could do this, I could do this. And you're like, listen, let's go find rails be completely creative within rails, but within that creativity, let's go deep and have depth and really find something that solves a problem and, and find it in a way that, that someone would actually pay you money for that product or that service. When you find that, you know, touch that. So that's the first, you know, classic mistake for us. We probably went too broad. We tried too many things. And so the first 10 years brought us down this path. And then field agent was the epiphany. So that was the first, you know, big idea that we had, even though we had 10 successful things, we kind of learned the hard way, kind of gone a little bit too far left and right. So that's the first thing. I mean, let me just unpack that before going through the other ones. If you're saying that there's other ones, Rick, that's amazing because that's actually something I talk about quite often to my clients when it comes to the uh, the shiny object syndrome. Like you said, as entrepreneurs, we have that mindset and that approach of we want to solve problems. That's why we're entrepreneurs. But it's so easy to do something and then see something else that's shiny. Like, oh my God, look at this Bitcoin. Oh my God, NFTs. Oh my God, should I do this? Oh my God, should I do that? But at a certain point, you're not creating mastery, which is what you're saying. Stay within those lines. Stay within those rails. Become so eloquent within those rails that everybody else will start attaching themselves to, and that's how you essentially succeed. So I love that you clarified that. And one other thing in the beginning that you said, as an entrepreneur, what you're invoicing and what you're receiving is extremely important. And to be quite honest, listen, the main thing I truly believe is you have to bring massive value, which is going to bring impact then income. But if you're not making the income piece, you're just not going to succeed. That's the breath. That's the air of business. So you have to be very aware of that. You could have the best product, the best speaker, the best this, but if nobody's in front of you, if nobody's buying your product, that's an issue. So I'm, I love that you brought that up. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention or that was the main one when it comes to- yeah, Well, I think the second one, which ties into that, it was it was much more of, of the case when we had the, the agency type business. So we had a shopper marketing firm, shopper research firm. And I learned the hard way is that we would go to a Fortune 500 company, right? A Fortune 20, Fortune, pick, a, pick a fortune. Uh, we're engaging. And what I realized pretty quick is that you would schedule a meeting and I wouldn't show up and they say, well, where's Rick? Where's Rick? Mm-hmm. And, and what you have started to understand, and this was so hard for us. And again, they would also ask for my part, where, where's the partner, right? Is that having a lifestyle business is a great thing, but it really goes and it ebbs and flows with you. Yeah. You have a business that scales it has to scale without the founder in the room. 
It has to scale without the big dollar person in the room because it has to be so intuitive and, and such a great product or a service that people are just going to jump in and buy it. And we learned that the hard way as we tried to scale that agency that I had to hire five more people like me. And that's just, you can't scale that way. You cannot have the kind of growth that within field agent, they're like, Rick, who? Like, who's this Rick guy? It doesn't really matter. So I can scale across anywhere in the world and I'm not relevant. And so that was, I call it a mistake, but that was, that was a hard lesson for us because we had such good response, but we simply couldn't scale it. Rick, I love that you mentioned that. You're hitting so much in home with me with that because like I said, I'm a professional speaker and a peak performance coach and my whole brand has a lot to do with me. Even though I'm growing and I'm getting coaches under me, I'm getting speakers under me, the whole brand has to do with me. So you were very much like that. And a lot of people get into that, especially when it comes to service-based uh, uh, businesses. And obviously you systemize and you teach other people to give that same standard and approach and uh, coaching or speaking, whatever. But what did you do to disassociate yourself? Because right now you kind of gave us that that's, that's how it was. And now everybody's like, Reku? Like, yeah, he's running it and everything's great. So what was the step-by-step process to get to that point? What would you speak to that? Well, there's two things. One within the services business, obviously that's hard. It's difficult, but you've got to find right kind of players. And um, I can remember, I can remember reading about this, but I never really bought into it. Is the first time you hire someone and you pay them more than you're making. Interesting. You're like, because you're like, well, what I'm the I should be the guy, right? And you start to realize, like, if you don't bring in talent, you got to pay for talent. You're never going to be able to scale that agency across the way because you're always going to hire the first person below you or someone you can train. And that's great to do work. But we didn't remember. It's like success versus significance, right? I'm not saying getting work done. I'm saying being able to have someone else walk into the room and they're like, great. I'd love to have Christopher, but the fact that Rick is there, I'm good. In That's order to make that happen, you've got to hire at a level that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And, and that's a really hard thing for an entrepreneur to do, especially as you start out. I love that so much. That was so well spot on because that's what I believe when it comes to delegation. You could delegate downwards, but it's going to hurt because you're not going to get the results. You could delegate sideways, but that's going to hurt too because you're like, hey, I could do it. Always try to delegate above your talents because then you're like, oh, wow, I'm paying for a service, but I'm getting it in a way that I can't do it. So to essentially humble yourself to get people, pay them more. So you're just going to improve the brand, improve the message and help people in such a high way. So Rick, thank you very much for that. And one thing I had in my notes over here that I really wanted to talk about, which I found very interesting. I'm very much a quote guy. I'm very much a guy that follows that ideology and you're smiling. You pretty much know where this is going. And you had a quote that is something you live by. I want you to unpack it, which is essentially is don't live the, uh, don't live in the world of maybes live in the world of yes, being yes, or your no being no unpack that. I, I, I use that every single day in one way or another, Christopher, one way or another. Uh, so I'm going to tell you, uh, give, here's this word picture for you, this little, little analogy. I was meeting with a young man six, seven years ago. And he said, hey, you know, would you kind of mentor me? And I'm very big about if I'm going to mentor, it's a very short period of time, very intense, and we'll move on. I'm not going to hang out with you for five years. That's not what we're going to do, right? It's a very specific time from a mentorship standpoint. I said, sure, pull out your phone. Let's get on the calendar and get it locked in because I don't have time to like, well, maybe. He said, great. I said, what about next Wednesday, 7 a.m.? He said, great. He said, 
I'll put you down as a definite maybe. And I, and I said, well, I said whoa, 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 whoa. And again, I'm, I'm the CEO of a company. I'm running this. I'm engaging this guy. He's 23 years old, graduating college, getting ready to get married. He's looking for someone to come alongside. And I said, what do you mean definite maybe? And he said, well, if something else comes up, then I may need to cancel this. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, put that in. Now, in my generation, that was, I'm going to pencil you in. Yeah. You know what, Christopher, I have zero tolerance for that. So when I look at my organization and I, I talk to them, when I leave there and well, I need you to do this. Okay, I'll take a look. No, don't take a look at it. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. And it's okay to say, yes, not now. And it's okay to say, no, but here's what, I, but, but this maybe thing is terrible. I think society in general, just dying with maybes, it's terrible. If you've ever been in a buying call, it says, what do you think about this product? I said, well, maybe I'll take a look at it. I'll get back to you. That's because they don't have the nerve to say no. And a no is so good and refreshing because a no says, great, I'll move on. Maybe means I'm going to expend all this energy and just waiting to go through. I'll tell you an international story. So I was uh, working in, in Bangkok and uh, my laptop crashed and I was like, oh gosh, you know, this crashed, it's a problem. And, and within the Thai community in that world, they do not have a world, word for no. Their, no, their word for no is my chai, not yes, not yes, my chai, my chai, not yes, not yes, not yes. And so I said, but I need this laptop fixed. He said, mm, maybe you come back tomorrow and we'll take a look at it. So I showed up the next day, they got called in sick. So I talked to his boss, he went, oh, dude, he said, he couldn't tell you no. So he called in sick because he couldn't fix it for two or three days, had to go get a part. He couldn't. He couldn't engage you to tell you no. And so the society, it was like, oh, the culture was such a polite culture. You couldn't get anything done because everything was a maybe because you couldn't handle that. So the little life lesson there, Christopher, is, is that I think people, and this is you know, Rick's philosophy here, okay? People yearn for decisiveness, okay? Teams crave authenticity and honesty, and your clients respect you when you simply deliver on your commitments. And so when I talk to my team, we get into one of these modes and say, hey, remember, yes and no, we do not live in the gray. There's no maybe in our world. It's a yes or a no. And, and it's, it's really served me well. Wow. I mean, 10 points for Gryffindor on that one, Rick. That was <laughs> delicious on delicious on delicious. And I'm not saying this lightly, and I'm not blowing steam up your butt here like, Listen, I, I know my thing when it comes to personal development and so on, but what you just dropped there of knowledge is un-effing real. Like, thank you for that because the understanding of that maybe syndrome and where you stand within that is hindering your success, hindering your growth, hindering your ideologies in such a way. And you just so eloquently wrote it. And as you were saying this, I was thinking about how I present my, anytime that I give somebody to score a scale of zero to 10, I always take out six and seven, six and seven in my scales, 10 do not exist. And when you were saying that, I'm like, we're on the same page because six and seven is so easy to be like, oh, okay. It was good enough to give a pass or good enough to give 70. But if that doesn't exist and your option is 50, oh, 50 is pretty bad or 80, 80 is pretty good. Where does yeah. this real, it forces the person to take a decision. So I love the aspect of like, you're 
acknowledging and forcing people to take a decision. That's one thing I wanted to talk about. And I think we can unpack it even more. Second thing, as you were talking about this, Rick, the level of passion you have about this subject, unreal. And I'm just so happy because I'm seeing you as a seasoned veteran in the field. And I'm like, wow, I'm still going to have passion in the future. If I just have one eighth of your passion, I'm going to be happy. So I'm just so excited about this conversation. Thank you. But, Thank but you it's for the, that. Chris, it's the simplicity, right? We can't have 10 themes to run our world. But think about this core truth. I mean, if you're a faith-based person, you understand you know, where these things come from. But that, that concept, I mean, th- th- this yes and no you know, aspect of things really came out of uh, James 5.12 about you know, just, just yes and no and what it means. But, but those core truths that we live by, whether you're talking to a little teeny kid that's three, you're talking to a peer, you're, t- you're talking to a, a potential client, yeses and nos, there's something universal about that. Said, yeah, but in this world, I'm not really sure I'll get back to you. No, no. Okay. Yes, not now means you're saying this is a great idea, but you can't do it for the next year. No, I don't think it's that good. Well, then you don't want to do it. Well, I don't know if it's that. No. Yes, you do. And so, so that, that it's just such a world, you know, changer for you. And so you think of productivity, the number of sales, if, you, if you're a funnel guy, right? Uh-huh. And you top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, the yes. number, the, 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 the lack of productivity with maybes in that fun, funnel are crazy. And I force my guys, listen, get to a no as fast as you can. No's are so good because then you're moving to someone else that could be a yes. Yeah, but I don't know. I really think they're hot. I really think this guy is going to lead you on forever. Yes. Maybe. No's, at least you know the truth. You've got a chance to resolve it. So it's anyway, it's it's such a great life lesson for all of us. I love that. I love that because you're absolutely right. Like it's a lot of people get into analysis paralysis and not taking decision, especially as leaders, as entrepreneurs. But the best thing that I've learned, analyze as much as you can, the information you have, and then take a decision as fast as possible. And it doesn't even matter if it's right or wrong, as long as you take that decision. And then as you took that decision, go forward with it. And then there's going to be more data. And then you're going to relook at it and be like, Hey, do I need to stay on this track? This is the right one. Or do I need to adjust? A lot of people stay paralyzed. Like what's the right one? There isn't a right one. Just pick one, go for it, which is essentially what you're saying. And now you mentioned something. I have to highlight it. You said for faith driven people, and you mentioned a scripture. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I'm very intrigued. Do you know that scripture by heart? And if so, do you, do you mind uh, telling us? And the reason why I'm saying this, it has nothing to do about faith driven here, about anything of that stuff. My personal belief is the Bible is probably one of the best motivational books out there. And that we're kind of going to blow some people's minds, but there's a lot of things that we can learn from business within that aspect. So once you mentioned it, I just wanted to kind of guide you towards it, if you permit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the premise behind of it is, and again, I took the a little bit of, you know, yes, a little bit of liberty with how I played that thing out. But basically what the scripture is saying is, above all things, don't swear, don't swear by heaven or earth and make some sort of oath. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Okay so that you don't fall on any condemnation. So that's really the premise behind of it. Uh, and, and again, from my perspective coming into it, I just look at this and say, gosh, that's such a true thing. Is that, no, I promise on this. I'm like, really? You have to make that up? It's just a yes or a no. And that's the simplicity. So my sales license with that is don't live in the world of maybe. I love so that. I kind of added that onto the scripture part of it. But the yes, be yes, no, be no, no, it's right out of James looking at you saying, 
life is that simple. You don't need to swear and, and have all these, you know, analogies around it. You don't have to couch it and coach it. It's a yes or a no. I love that. And if you permit, Rick, I'm definitely going to use this quote and yeah, I'm going to make all my too, because this is something yeah. that really is interesting. So I really appreciate that. And one thing I wanted to kind of allude to as this show is called the peak performance greatness show and my whole belief and brand is on performance. And I'm seeing a man here that is obviously highly successful and as well looks like to be very much in shape. Like I'm seeing you in the zoom with your, just the chest up and all that. You look like, you know, what's up when it comes to keeping in shape. Now I'm making you blush here, but there's a reason why I'm asking this is my question. What is certain of the methodologies, the rituals, the habits that you do on a daily, daily basis that make it that you're a high achieving peak performing individual. Can you share some of those rituals and habits with us? Well, let's start out with the, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a little bit older than you, Chris, but just a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I start out uh, every morning uh, on my back, stretching, core workout, that sort of thing. And over that 30, 40 minutes of the classic push-ups, sit-ups, you know, kind of going through, I'm going through the day's agenda. I'm praying in advance of what's going to happen. I mean, so that 30, 40 minutes for me is really, really important. Uh, I'm not as good as I should be of getting into that classic devotional kind of aspect of things. Mm-hmm. I'll use my Bible app and get in, do a quick devotion, kind of catch up. For that first 30, 45 minutes of, of my day is around getting my body at least tight and ready where it needs to be and to get my head on straight because I never know what's going to be in front of me that's going to take me you know, down a certain path. So I have to have that, that core piece. If I've learned anything over the last five years or so, especially, and this is when I was, um, I'll tell about my age a little bit. When I was hitting 50, I reached a point where I had stress around me, like like you would not imagine, right? I was burning it on both ends, pushing as really hard as I could, was not as healthy as I needed to be, relationships were struggling. And for the first time in my life, I had a health issue that made me skip a beat. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And the doctor looked at me, had my wife sitting beside me. He said, now, now, Kim, I'm talking to you, not Rick, because Rick's not going to listen. He said, Rick, what you have, it was an autoimmune issue. He said, what you have is directly related to stress and how you treat your body. And I said, I'm not, and he said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your wife. And I was burning on four or five hours sleep. I'd stay up to one o'clock, get up and work out at five, just the stress and the burning. He said, those days are over. You've got to understand that a person to keep the pace that you keep, REM sleep is important. You Mm -hmm. have to have REM sleep. You don't have to be the most fit person in the world, but you've got to get the weight off. You've got to get, you've got to get fit enough to be, you know, be able to do the things you need to go do. And you've got to be able to reduce the stress factors in your life. And so what allowed me to do was to work alongside a person that we had considered an heir apparent to replace me one day, to elevate him, to lean into him, and really develop him. He's now our, our president and chief commercial guy. So it allowed me to do that early versus later to take some of the stress off because he was ready, mm-hmm. but I was just, just running things. So all that being said, the, that morning ritual to be successful, you've got to have your time. And whether you're a faith-based person or not, the point is have that time on your own to get started as you're driving that day. Okay. Understand that things are going to be kind of come in and kind of going crazy. So you've got to be organized coming into it. Uh, but you've got to have the air apparent. You've got to have a great organization around you uh, so that you can kind of balance out things in your life. 
Rick, that was amazing once again. And it's so clear why you succeed. And it's kind of impressive that it was just the last five years that you were able to have that moment with the doctor speaking to your wife and the doctor hats off to him because he knew how to kind of get to you. Because if he would have told you, you wouldn't potentially understood, but talking to your wife was completely different. He knows probably that you're a really family driven man and that hit a core to you. And then you're like, all right, cool. What do I need to do? And now you wake up, you work out throughout your workout. You think of what are the activities throughout the day. You set your intention. Like you said, you take some time to kind of be within, read scriptures, meditate, whatever the case is, have that silent moment within to connect yourself with mother earth, the universe, whatever your beliefs are. And then from there to go and just kick ass, take some names and chew some bubble gum throughout your day. Start the day. I'm ready to start the day. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's that's exactly how every single high achieving individual works. That's what I work on with my clients. I personally wake up at 4 a.m. every single day. And those morning hours are the most productive and the most efficient. And if there's days that I don't have that, I feel like I'm running after my day. I feel like I'm putting out fires, putting out other people's to-do lists. So that morning time, whatever time it is for you, is so important. So Rick, I mean, you drop so many, so much knowledge here. And I wish I could ask you questions until tomorrow morning because there's so many more things that I want to unpack, but I just want to be respectful for your time here. One last question that I want to ask is, where's the best place for people to reach out to you, to connect with you, to work with you, and so on? Yeah, for, from a business standpoint, uh, just jump into our marketplace, which is fieldagent.net. Mm-hmm. So field, just two words together, fieldagent.net. You'll come in and see the marketplace. You'll understand the business aspect of things. Uh, I'm a LinkedIn guy. You'd be surprised who I'd say yes to. Connect with me on LinkedIn. That's really easy. Uh, listen, I can throw my email out there because you can figure it out on your own, but it's rick.west at fieldagent.net. So just send me uh, an email. would love to connect with your listeners. Uh, if someone's trying to figure out you know, what's going on in life, you'd be surprised again what I would say yes to for a period of time. Rick, I love that. First of all, let me thank you for taking this moment and sharing your wisdom, your understandings, all of your methodologies, your approach, as I learned immensely, and I'm sure the audience did as well. And everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So guys, you could go and check it out over there. Please go connect with this man as he is a just amazing, amazing bank of wisdom. So once again, Rick, thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll be speaking very soon again. Yeah, Christopher, is an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.